You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 614 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live here. Uh, I'm actually talking to you on a Wednesday evening, but I recorded this podcast with Robbie Calland on Monday night. If you missed it, our last episode was uh, me and Robbie chopping it up about the Vince Carter contract and also the uh, Hawks over-under for this season. Um, the rest of this podcast that you're about to listen to is the uh, Eastern Conference over-under, so really not any Hawks talk on this podcast. My apologies in advance for that. And uh, we also are, are going to be recording a Western Conference version of the same podcast. Uh, it's the dead of summer right now. So we're venturing away from the Hawks a little bit, but I wanted to at least deliver some Hawks conversation on the last podcast. Previous to that, we had Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated on the podcast. We also had Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball on the podcast. Lots of good stuff in the recent past, and I definitely recommend that you guys go out and subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, all those places that you like to listen to podcasts. We, we should definitely be in all those spots. Again, this was recorded on Monday, but uh, nothing has really changed in the NBA, so hopefully this still holds up. And uh, stay tuned, because here comes Robbie Callant. Robbie, thanks as always for joining me on the podcast, and uh, welcome back, my friend. It's good to be here. It's been a long time. It has not been a long time. You are uh, <laughs> wondering, Robbie and I recorded episode 613 uh, featuring Vince Carter and the Hawks over under, I don't know, a couple hours ago as we're recording this now. This is late Monday evening. So if anything happens, I will have probably held this podcast for a couple of days. But that's when we're, what's when, we, when we're recording, so you will know um, when and if something happens, you will know why we are not covering it. But uh, the agenda for today is to talk about the Eastern Conference on this podcast. Uh, Over-unders, as always, we referenced this a little bit on our last podcast about the Hawks, but uh, we're going to go through a little bit more briskly the rest of the Eastern Conference in alphabetical order. Uh, Yeah, we we can't afford to do (laughs) 30-plus minutes on every team. That would be quite a podcast. Um, It'd be fun for us, I think. We'd enjoy it, but I don't think anybody else would. No, yeah, it'd be too probably too. Old. Well, some some of them probably like it, but not uh, not everybody. It's like two people, just the whole workday. Yeah, I mean, people like me that have have lots of to listen to at the office would probably enjoy that. But alas, um, let's just start coming through these teams. Uh, first on the agenda, I don't know uh, Boston. Let's go to Boston. The Boston. The Boston Celtics uh, are. Alphabetical first. They are number one. Uh, by the way, we're using the bet online over unders from today, which is August fifth. Yeah. Um, just for reference, uh, Boston's number is forty eight and a half wins. Um, for some background here, they won forty nine last year. Some things have changed with Boston. Uh, no Kyrie, no Al Horford, no Marcus Morris, no Aaron Baines, and they added Kemba Walker. Enos Cantor and a trio of interesting rookies in Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, and Carson Edwards. Um, this is an interesting one for me, but I will open up to you first. And, uh, you know, they're basically projected to be status quo, and that's kind of interesting because they're not the same team. I mean, they are a little bit, but not really. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting that they, they end up with basically the same number <clears throat> as last year, although we, we know, you know, last year they were projected to have, I think, it was, I think last year they were 57. Wins. It was it was definitely high and just just ask Bill Simmons. So I think I think projected sixty seven yeah. wins before, before last season. Gu- gu- guaranteeing it, uh, <laughs> guaranteeing thirty point blowouts every night. Things went awry for the Celtics last season. I wish, I, we we should went, definitely say that. Yeah. So that's the that's the big question. 
is how much of that internal stuff was the reason they struggled? How much of it was more on-court stuff than maybe Celtics folks wanted to let on, Celtics fans wanted to believe? Uh, you know, what the, the big question, the thing that's going to tilt this, I think there are a couple of things. Kyrie for Kemba, I think your on-court production is close to a wash, right? Like, they do a couple different things, but if you're talking about just raw production, kind of a wash. Uh, losing Al Horford is significant, especially on the defensive end for them. Uh, they now do not have a rim protector because they also lost Aaron Baines, uh, who was, like, by advanced metrics, one of their best players last year when he was healthy and on the floor. They dealt with injury things last year, uh, but losing those three guys, I think it's much – all the focus is going to be on the Kyrie Kemba thing. I think that's pretty much a wash. I'm much more interested to see how they can do defensively because they're going to really have to rely on their wing guys, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, to be the defensive kind of the start of the defense, to really apply pressure and not let things get to the rim because Ennis Cantor is not, not going to be good down there. <laughs> no, like we, just, we just know he's just not a good – like in short bursts when he needs to be, like, he was better in the playoffs than I think anybody expected to uh, him to be defensively for Portland. Like, but he can't sustain that. That's not a sustainable thing he's going to be able to do for a regular season, and this is a regular season bet. Uh, I think it's a little high because of that, but really what's going what's gonna to set this apart is how Tatum and Brown play after kind of a down year for both of them last year, um, given where expectations were coming off of such a sensational rookie year for Tatum and second year for Brown. And then what is Gordon Hayward year two post injury? That's the big one for me. Because he's Hayward. got to be, <clears throat> he's got to be really good. Like he's just like for them to make up the difference in the losses, he's got to be really good. But I still just don't think they have enough defensively in losing Horford and losing Baines in the front court. You know, you're going to be throwing a young Robert Williams out there who has, Potential as a shot blocker, but is kind of a he's he's a bunny. He jumps around, he jumps at everything. You know, he he doesn't always make the smart plays. And then you have Ennis Kanter, who has always been a net negative uh, defensively, even when he brings positives on the offensive end. I would say this is a touch high. I don't think it's like a hammer hammer it. I, I don't have a super strong feeling just because there's such a, a void in the three to five range in the East this year. Uh, with Toronto taking a clear step back, uh, Boston kind of hanging in this weird thing. We're going to get to Indiana, who I think both of us expect to take a step back. There's going to be wins to be had, so I don't think it's clearly like this is a preposterous number, but I was leaning under. Yeah, I think we agree on this pretty much across the board. I'm, I'm, I think, the, I think the, the absence of Horford is uh, huge. You know, you and I are very vocal Al Horford advocates. Um, him not being there um, is a big thing. Uh, I will say, you know, Boston's true talent level from last year's team was obviously pre. I would say a lot higher than 49 wins, um, and things did not go well for them. Uh, Hayward is the swing guy. If he is his old self. This number's probably accurate or even too low, but we just don't know what, what he's going to be. Um, Brown and Tatum, you know, just the the way this roster is built doesn't make a ton of sense right now, just because of the mm-hmm. fact that you know you have Kemba as your best player, 
And then you had these three guys who are all, they're all small forwards with Tatum, yep. Brown, and Hayward. Um, you could play all those guys together, I suppose, but it's not a perfect fit. And then your big man rotation is, um, as you referenced, not exactly fantastic. I do like Marcus uh, Smart. He helps a lot with a lot of different things. Oh, for but, sure. He's, he's going to, you know, we've seen Smart kind of take on point guards a lot in, in the recent past because of the way they were built. We're going to see Smart defend a lot of uh, small ball five and, and four. Uh, this year, it's going to be a pretty dramatic shift in, in what we usually see from Smart because they they need him to to defend bigs. I'm I'm interested to see how that goes for him personally. Yeah, I, I agree. And listen, I, I'm going to invoke the Matt Moore, a good friend of the program, who uh, always called the Celtics <laughs> tryhards in the past. Um, that would scare me from betting the under, just because I think they might just sure. go back to their old it's, self and overachieve pull, a little bit. Uh, yeah, and it's and you know expectations are down. That I, I agree. It's kind of the Portland thing that we talked about last year. I think I gave out the over just because I was like they're gonna try hard in the regular season. They were better than I expected, but this is a team that 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 is gonna you know at least put forth the effort. I I just don't know if the effort is gonna matter enough because the defensive talent has taken such a step back. Yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of conflicted, but I would lean under, but yeah, because because of the defense more than anything, as you referenced. So um, yeah, I'm not hammering away. that. Not a best no. bet by any means, but uh, overall, stay under. Away. Yeah, yeah, stay away for me as well. Uh, all right, let's go to Brooklyn next. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn's really interesting because they did a ton in the offseason. Uh, Katie's, not, Katie's not walking through that door. So uh, they, won 40, <laughs> they, they won 42 last year. The number is 44 and a half for old, for old friend Kenny Atkinson. Um, just really quickly, uh, D'Angelo Russell is not there anymore. Demari Carroll, front of the program, not there anymore. Um, they swapped Alan Crabb and Torian Prince. Uh, Ed Davis is gone. Jared Dudley is gone. They added, of course, KD, who's not going to play this year probably. Kyrie is the headliner. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, who is famous. Uh, Garrett Temple, <laughs> Torian, Torian Prince, David Nwaba, um, Wilson Chandler, Nick Claxton. So, um, a lot of names out, a lot of names in, and Brooklyn's... You know, their available rotation is interesting because, you know, with KD, yeah. that obviously would be a lot higher and all that stuff. But Kyrie is the only, I mean, you, you have Kyrie, then you have the returning guys, um, headlined by Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Um, yep. Interesting Brooklyn. roster, I would say. I, I'm not sure what you make of last year versus this year because so much has changed. There's some of these teams, like, I almost want to throw out the last year's production yeah. all together and just kind of redo it. But 44 and a half is the number. So this one's fascinating to me because it really just uh, to to me it's it's how much do you believe in Karis Levert is the biggest thing. Um, a lot, Robbie. Go blue. I, I, I was I tried to tee you up for it. Uh, <laughs> how much how much do you believe in Karis Levert being able to be the same guy? I mean, he was spectacular last year. Um, he has a chance to be a fringe All Star type guy if he does it again and can do it for a full season sans injury. And he's going to have opportunity because it comes down to care somebody how much you believe that, that everything they did last year was sustainable. Because if you think so and you add Kyrie to the mix, you probably lean over. However, I my, probably my hottest take on this team is uh, swapping Ed Davis for DeAndre Jordan is a negative for this team. Oh, I totally uh, agree. That, that, I, should, that, that shouldn't I, be a hot take. It shouldn't be a hot take, but I think, I think a lot of people will, will assume so. Uh, the fact that and Davis got less money than DeAndre Jordan, also preposterous. I mean, Some they, 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 they do have they do have Jared Allen, who really is a starting center on this team. I mean, I know they I, had uh, yeah. I know they had Jordan, but uh, Jared Allen. Jared, Jared Allen, uh, noted third year summer league player. That was Jared funny. Allen. I don't know why. Um, saying, but. They played like everybody. They played Curix. They played. Shots broken. Just letting everybody go in the summer. 
I enjoy um, Bro- I enjoy Brooklyn. I, I don't really enjoy. I'm I not like- I'm not the biggest Kyrie guy in the world. Um, I will sure. say that off the top. But you know, first year Kyrie was really good in Boston. Maybe he's really good in in Brooklyn too. First year Kyrie, it might be I a think, thing. I think he's gonna. I, well, here's the thing. I, it's not even first year. I think Kyrie's just he was good last year on the floor. It was just everything that happened off the floor. That is true. Mucked everything up. Like he was he was good. Like he was still super productive. It was just very clear at times that there was not a fit. And that's what I'm really interested to see, especially this first year when it's kind of a similar situation to what he was in in Boston, where it's him and some young guys that he probably feels he needs to lead and needs to teach and needs to show the way. And these are guys that just got themselves to the playoffs, um, feel pretty good about what they've done, want to build. KD's not there yet to kind of ease some of that tension, I think, on the floor of saying like, okay, like, we clearly have two guys that are going to run the show. Like, is Dinwiddie, Levert, Joe Harris, who, to a lesser extent because he's more of a spot-up guy, are they going to be happy to, to, to kind of see their roles change? You know, D'Angelo Russell is a, is a high-usage guy, but not on the level of Kyrie and doesn't do the same things as Kyrie. Um, I'm really interested, and, and they were all the same age. Kyrie, we know, kind of has this complex of really wanting to be a veteran guy. I, I'm interested to see how that plays out because it could just be the exact same as Boston where these guys get frustrated with Kyrie uh, and he says the same things after losses that, you know, you know, these guys have to learn, you know, we've got to learn how to win and all these things. And the way Kyrie says that can rub guys the wrong way. Talent wise, I, I would maybe lean over, but I think there's so many kind of circumstantial things uh, that, that this is another stay away from me. Yeah, I, I agree. Talent wise, just pure roster talent. I think I lean over as well. The way the way that it fits together is not ideal. I think most of their best players, uh, aside from Jared Allen, are backcourt. are backcourt guys. And you know, Joe Harris has some size and can play a little bit um, of forward stuff. And DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan is uh, wildly overpaid, and for four years that was a wild yeah. contract. I mean, um, hey, hey, it pays to be a good friend, apparently. It does. I mean, I, I do like Garrett Temple as like a uh, a versatile, maybe defensive minded piece. I do like. Yeah, him. I mean, he he's he's helpful. He's the type of guy that helps you win. But again, because of where he's going to want to play, right? I don't see a ton of minutes for him to impact things because. You've got Levert and Dinwiddie and they're Harris. Gonna need, and I mean, they're going to need um, Musa and Kyrix and or Kyrix. One of those two guys is going to have to yeah, play well on this team. Yeah, um, Same thing with Will, I mean, Wilson Chandler might just be done, but he's there for cheap yeah. if they want to try him. Um, just he the, didn't shoot the ball terrible last year, but he, he was bad with the Clippers. Yeah, just just some lineup stuff there. I mean, Torian Prince famously just can't play the four. I mean, they, they, they might try it at some point. If they, if Kenny, They're going to have to, I think. If Kenny can get Torian to try on defense and maybe try to rebound occasionally, that might be helpful for them too because, listen yeah. – Torrey Prince can shoot it. Um, if nothing yeah. else, we know he can shoot. Spot it up. If you if, can, he, if you can get Prince and Harris on the floor together, surrounding Kyrie and they got some terrifying off, offensive can, lineups out there for sure. Right. If they, they have can, some if they can, you know, if you have Kyrie, Harris, Levert, Prince, Allen, like that's a fun offensive lineup, but it's also. A, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they can't they can't guard anybody there. So that that's my <laughs> thing. I, I I do like Kenny and. Um, I think if you made me choose this, I might go over because I mean I guess there's a chance Durant plays in like and April. another tryhard team. I don't know another 
another kind of try hard team. Yeah, they're gonna try hard. I mean, forty two wins last year. I'm not sure they had forty two win talent. I mean, I guess I guess I Russell just played above his head a little bit, in my opinion, for part of last season. That probably helped him too. So, um, in the East, I might lean over, but this is this is a firm stay away for me. Firm stay away. There's too many. There's too many. Too many factors that can that can swing this one one way or the other. Absolutely. All right. Let's let's go to Charlotte. Uh, let's get, let's get into the to. dregs a little bit here. We have uh, to. We do. Uh, Charlotte won thirty nine games last year. <laughs> they sure did. Their number their number this year is twenty three and a half because Kemba Walker is not walking through that door. They also lost Jeremy Lamb. They lost Tony Parker to retirement and Frank Kaminsky, which is not really a huge loss. Uh, but they only added Terry Rozier, who I have a lot of thoughts on. Preposterous contract. Yeah, on a crazy contract, and then PJ Washington, who I kind of like, but still a late lottery sure. pick and a rookie. He's a, and he's a rookie. And we talked yes. about this, the Hawks thing. Rookies we don't did. help you win games. They do not. So listen, I mean, Charlotte's roster is is very bad. Um, they they have they have some competent veterans on this team, but no one that's you're terribly excited about. Um, uh, the god, the god Marvin Williams. Marvin's a competent who, role gonna, player. Who, I mean, they have some on, of those guys. Who on on this podcast we're gonna put some respect on. Oh, I mean, always. I'm Marvin, Marvin is someone Marvin I enjoy. Um, I mean, on this roster, you have Nick Batum, who's obviously vastly overpaid, but could still play a little bit. You have Marvin. You have Cody Zeller, also overpaid, but could play a little bit. Um, Malik, Ma- Malik Monk. Yeah. Miles well, Bridges. I mean, they have they have some guys who are interesting, but just the, the, the mix of this team, this is a really bad roster. That's, that's, let's just put it that way. And that's how you get to a 23-and-a-half win over-under. Yeah. Um, th- thoughts on the number? I don't know. It's it's low, uh, but it's not it's, that low. <laughs> I mean, it feels low if if guys stay healthy. I mean, they were but, so bad with Kemba with Kemba off the floor you know, last year, like so yeah, bad. I mean, they're so bad without him. But the thing is, like, they've been they're like good when Zeller plays. Like their their numbers with and without Zeller are really weird too. Uh, but he just like he he doesn't play more than like fifty games a year, and like, they just don't have line. I mean, look at this team. I'm looking at the roster right now. I'm not sure what lineups make sense on this <laughs> roster. I mean, you have I assume Rozier's going to play a lot because they just gave Rozier, him a lot of money. He's, yeah, he's never been good for- in his career. He's been good for six weeks in his entire They're career. Play Rozier, Monk, Batum, Bridges, Marvin. or Marvin. Gonna, I don't know. Man. Be Batum, they have Marvin and like. <laughs> Zeller is going like to be their, like their backup center is really hurting Gomez. I don't know, man. There's there's a lot going on on this roster. The the, the worst hurting Gomez. Yes, by far. Uh, so all that to say, twenty three and a half is low yeah, enough. Where I, I'm not I'm not excited to bet on it. Nah, it's just I don't, I don't really want to do anything with this. I, here's the thing. Just one of my one of one of my personal rules is like I I don't want to bet on a team that I never want to watch. Just personally, unless the number is like so bad that it's like worthwhile, like the Knicks, and this isn't that bad. It's just not. I Knicks, mean, sometimes the Knicks will be like at like thirty games, and you're like, no, that's too high. But <laughs> like, like, Listen. like, unless it's a wildly inflated number, like if it's a team that I really truly hope I do not watch more than like a dozen times this year, I, I don't want to. I want to be invested for eighty two. This is the probably the worst team in the league to watch. I, I, I yeah, like. The, Okay, so so the the fun players are Miles Bridges because he can do cool stuff, and maybe Monk, and that might no, be Monk's it. Monk's not even fun because Monk chucks and he's not good. I mean, I don't like Malik Monk very much, but I, I can at least see it. He's young and he has some talent as a shot maker. But I mean, the guys who are 
I think are pretty solid players are boring solid players. They're like, super boring. Like yeah. I love Marvin. Like Marvin Marvin is gonna be somebody's gonna add Marvin in free agency once he's off this contract. They should trade Marvin. Like I, I think Mar- I, th- I think Marvin might have some value in February. Honestly, I think he like, does. he's he's they probably over he's he's overpaid, but so not paid, so much where it's crazy. Yeah, um, and like is he only expiring? Yeah, now he has fifteen million this year, and that's it. So yeah, I mean he's overpaid, but like either somebody's gonna trade for him or uh, next year somebody's gonna sign him for like a mid mid level type deal and be very very pleased with what they get. Like he's gonna he on the winning team, Marvin Williams can be very helpful, but like on this team, he's not gonna help them win. Yeah, this is not the spot like, of Marvin Williams. It's, it's got it's kind of one. It's he's one of those guys that like can augment a good team and make them better, but he doesn't make a really bad team good. You know? No, he's not gonna There's make a team good. Like that, I mean, so. Combination of really bad, really bad team, also bad to watch. Twenty three and a half is about as low as it gets in the over under department. I generally refuse to bet teams unless they're just going to be historically bad, and they might be. Like there's just, there's a chance that this team's just absolutely abhorrent. <laughs> that that's in play. Um, I, I'm not betting the I over just, on. I guess I just like I no, no, no. We never touch the. I guess I just I like a, just a few of their guys enough to like be mildly not, concerned. Not, but, not bet the under. <laughs> yeah, like you know. Uh, I'm uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with staying away from the Hornets yeah. if you are. Let's. Uh, yeah, that's that's a real real strong start to the over under pod per usual with three yeah firm three samples. three passes so far. All right, with, with that with that with that in mind, let's go to a break real quick. We're gonna take a a few seconds to hear from our sponsors. We'll come right back and uh, fire on the next one. I have some takes on, so we'll hold on just one moment. All right, we're back, Robbie, and uh, the next team is the Chicago Bulls. At 32 and a half wins. Last year they won 22 games, but uh-huh. they were notably better late in the year once they got Otto Porter. Um, particularly, he really helped them he a like lot. 15 games too, only like he got shut down at some point. Yeah, they were they were pretty good with Otto Porter on the floor. They lost Robin Lopez in free agency, but they they added Thad Young, who is good at basketball. They added Tomas Sadoransky. and then a pair of rookies in Kobe White and Daniel Gafford. Um, Ten wins seems like a lot to jump, but they have Wendell Carter Jr. fully healthy now for the first time. Um, it's Wendell. Missing most of last season. And then you throw that throw in Porter for the full season, and you can sort of see alongside Thad and, and Sadoransky why this number is uh, as high as it is. Um, yeah. What do you see about Chicago? They're, they're, they're kind of trendy, and I can see why personally, but I don't know about how you feel about them. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't, can't help myself, but I'm, I'm bullish on them. Um, like, they're, they're, they're a fun roster. Like, if you're talking about teams – that they're they're doing they're going about it a little differently than the Hawks, but if you're talking about teams that seem to be building pretty well as far as like taking the steps, like they didn't go out this summer and throw a ton of money at guys, you know, but they're they're a little ahead of of where the Hawks I think are in terms of what they think they already have with Levine and with uh, Porter, and then you got Markinen and um, Wendell as you mentioned, and and they went out. Sadoransky, I think, was a really good signing. Uh, underrated point guard who can come in and give them a much-needed upgrade at that position. Uh, all, all, I guess all due respect to Chris Dunn, uh, who I love coming out of Robbins. By the way, Chris, he's still on this team, which is super weird. because Super weird because uh, They have Kobe White, too? <laughs> yeah, uh, why? What so you doing? went out and spent $10 million a year on Thomas, on Thomas Sadoransky. You drafted Kobe White in the top seven. 
and you still have Chris Dunn in your roster for some reason. I guess depth. Like I, I think I'm definitely pro Chris Chris Dunn compared to most people. He's, also, not, he's not that good, but I also think they they look at it as like you can move Sato off the ball a little bit. Oh sure, Sato's and, big, and Kobe, Kobe White's not really a point guard right now. He's kind of right, this weird so combo guard guy. So I think I think you look at it as um, there are going to be times where they they go they go kind of small. Um, with two of those point guards on the floor, probably prefer to kind of mix Kobe and Sato. Um, although Kobe and Dunn can work a little bit if Kobe can shoot. Which if Dunn can't. plays, I mean, I'm not sure what the plan is with with Dunn. Here, actually, know. here's a big a big part of my calculus with this over under or something we just don't know. Um, and that's Kobe White. If Kobe White wasn't going to play a lot, I'd like them a lot more. Yeah, because Kobe White's gonna be is gonna be bad, like almost certainly. Oh, rookie um, point guards. Rookie point guards, but what even then, about? like Kobe White's even even more so. Like and he's you know, far. last year with Trey Young, you know, with guys like that, there, if, if if you have an elite skill, like can kind of play forward. Kobe White doesn't really have that. Like I think, I think he, I can sort of see it with him as a prospect, but as a rookie, I'm not sure what he's going to be good at, if anything. So if I knew he was going to play less, like if if I knew Chicago was just going to play for this year and play their best guys, yeah, I'd like the over on this pretty clearly. Because mm-hmm. I, I think Thad Young is very good. I think Otto Porter yeah, exactly. is good at basketball. They have this combination of, of Markkinen and Carter in the front court. I mean, point guard's kind of a mess, but was, I, I, I like Sadoransky too. So I like a lot of players on this team. Uh, but Kobe White's going to sink them, I think. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> if, 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 if he plays a lot, I mean, it's not it's not his fault. It's, it's rookie point guards. I mean, even guys that become good, like De'Aaron Fox, was terrible as a rookie, and De'Aaron oh. Fox is a better prospect than Kobe White. So. Yeah. Colin Sexton too. Colin Sexton was terrible until like March, if that. They, all, I mean, that, look, like the the thing that that we talked about. I mean, we talked about last year when the Hawks drafted Trey Young is like there were going to be struggles. The fact that Trey was able to figure it out and have it click at least offensively as quickly as it did for him, yeah, it went very was well. was pretty spectacular. I mean, like yes. the only guys that that's that's really happened for. And we talked about this like Ben Simmons. Who is who's six ten and really, sat out of here? <laughs> giant so. and shooting is not a thing that he has to worry about. And like a freak, and then like before that, the last like really good point guard throughout a rookie year was basically Chris Paul. And that was fifteen years ago. Because that old. was a long time ago. Because uh, he's old and now overpaid. But yeah, I mean that, that's honestly what I think about with this Bulls team. It's like if you just tell me Kobe White's not going to play a lot, then I'm then I'd take the over. If he's gonna if he's gonna be their like starting point guard or level minutes, then that scares me. Um, I don't I th- I don't think he's gonna be starting. I, I would I think he's probably like eighteen to twenty minutes a game. I mean, if you told me that, I think I go over on the Bulls. Um, because I think I think you play Sado a lot. Yeah, I, I, I mean, would say twenty minutes. A game. I think I think I'd say twenty minutes. A game. I think the Bulls want to win. They they do uh, want to like, win. They're going to try really hard. Like Jim, uh, so, you know, Boylan's not so going to be shot. More so than what we talked about with the Hawks sticking to like Trey and John are going to play right thirty to thirty two minutes. Like I think I think the Bulls have less of a plan to like really lean on Kobe in terms of like we've got to get this guy thirty minutes a game, twenty five thirty minutes a game. Uh, I mean, I Jim, Jim Boylan is not going to fool around. Jim Boylan's going to no. play his guys. Also, um, like Kobe, Kobe who has like a six four wingspan. Um, Probably yeah, not gonna six, be his six favorite. five with a six three wingspan, I believe. For Kobe probably Ryan, not gonna be his uh, his favorite defensive point guard. No. Uh, so I, I yeah, I would probably lean over on the Bulls. Like like you said, I, I like a lot of the guys on this roster. And it's weird because like I was, 
we were not high on the Bulls last year. No. Um, but this is this is a, a different roster, and like I was impressed by year two of marketing. Um, that dude can just ball. Like he's he's good. We both liked Wendell, but we were like he can't help anybody on this team. But now he's got help. Otto Porter was such a big addition for them. I mean, um, you're you're just like preaching you you're preaching to me by, by by getting Otto Porter and Thad Young and Thomas Sadoransky in basically six months. Like you're just preaching to me. So I'm I'm, I'm in with, on all that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, I lean over. I think honestly, over thirty two and a half is probably the most confident I've been yet. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I was hoping. Um, candidly, I was hoping for a lower number on Chicago because I thought people were going to probably just look at their whistleblower from last year and say, uh, 10 wins is a lot. Um, 32 and a half is higher than I thought it was going to be, so I'm not as confident as I plan right. to be. Um, but I think they're a 35 win team. Yeah, that's kind of where I think they are too. Like somewhere in the, they're in the Hawks range. They are. Right, they're they're in that they're, low think, to mid 30s range. Right. Um, I would have them slightly ahead of the Hawks just because I trust more guys on that roster. Like you mentioned, it's, it's, it's the combination of that and what you said earlier, which I thought was really smart, is that Chicago is not going to take the same measured approach. Jim Boylan no. is not going to chill on this team. They're going to push. No, Jim, Boy- Jim, Bo- Jim Boylan is not Lloyd Pierce. Jim Boylan does they not want to win 38 games the long, badly. <laughs> the, long, the long view that, that Lloyd has. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's, that's why I think the Bulls win more games than the Hawks. Um, which is why I would I would I would lean on their their over uh, more confidently than I, than I have anything else so far in this East. I much I much rather be the Hawks long term just to be just to be oh, clear, yeah, no, but no, for yeah, this, this season clear. only because uh, again the Bulls have spent money in we'll say interesting ways uh, starting with Zach Levine. Yeah, um, Levine. And listen, Levine. His, his con- he got a, he, it's a lot of money for Zach Levine, um, but he was better last year in some yes. ways. So it doesn't look quite as bad as I thought as, as I thought it might look. But he's got to defend someone at some point, um, or it's just never one been day, better. one day Maybe. they might. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I don't okay, want to just... get bogged down with Zach Levine content. Yeah, let's um, go. All right, Cleveland Cavaliers are next. Uh, Twenty four and a half with my Whoa. fighting John Beelines in Whoa. Cleveland. Um, that's weird, by the way. Uh, still, but. <laughs> Here's the uh, here's the synopsis of the uh, of the Cavs. Pretty pretty low stakes uh, additions and subtractions. They lost David Nwaba. point guards. Cam- they, 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 they lost David Nwaba, campaign and J.R. Smith, who didn't play really last year. Um, and they added losing, uh, losing just campaign adds four wins to your team. And yeah, and they just add, basically they just added rookies: Darius Garland, Dylan Windler, and Kevin Porter. Um, they do get Kevin Love back, who only played 22 games last year, which is worth noting because Kevin Love's still good. He's not good, good um, thirty million dollars good probably, but he's still good at basketball. I uh, feel they, like I feel like baked into this total is the expectation Love is traded soon. Uh, yeah, I mean they won 19 last year. The number's 24 and a half. But if you thought that Love was on the roster for like a 70 game sample, 24 and a half is probably Over. low. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, especially especially because you get plus one hundred five about online on the over. Yeah, and I I just think well, that can be. there's so much uncertainty for me between Love's injury, between Beeline making the jump, between yeah. this weird backcourt of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Garland yeah. will probably be bad, just like uh, everybody Garland, else. Yeah, Kobe yeah, White. I mean, just like, yeah, I mean, and then Sexton. I'm, I'm not I'm not a Sexton fan. I'll be honest. Um, he shot the ball no. well down the stretch last year, but like. Are they gonna try to play, play those guys together? Because that's not gonna work. Uh, yeah. No, I, I just I feel like this is a, a touch low if Kevin loves play. 
The only argument I have against you is that they don't have very many good basketball players. They don't. Team. They don't. Here, like, here just, is their roster no in place. in order of uh, in order of money for this year. Kevin Love, very expensive, yeah. but uh, Tristan Thompson, yeah. Brandon Knight, Jordan oh, no. Clarkson, Larry Nance, Clarkson, Larry Nance, Josh, uh, sorry, John Henson, Matthew Dolan. I Dola forgot Dola. John Henson existed, by the way. So all these guys are making at least nine point six million dollars. Kevin do Love, Tristan, have, Tristan Thompson, Brandon have? Knight, Jordan Marquise Clarkson, Chris? Larry Nance, John Henson, Matthew Delvadova, all nine point six million dollars or more. How dare um, you how dare you leave Marquise Chris off of departures? Oh I did, didn't I? He's bad. How um, dare you? He's bad. Who's so a, I'm, I'm who's a better departure for your basketball team, campaign or Marquise Chris? Um, who's better to have off your roster? Uh, Chris probably he's not very good uh, but here, here's the thing who's only notable uh, contribution last year was getting punched in the face by Serge Ibaka yeah I mean two, two of their best players are cheap and that's uh, Chetty Osman and Antez Ijic um, and those guys shouldn't really be your best players so Jetty's not great he's not I mean neither is Ijic those guys are just like Barely okay. I like, retra- but like, I like to retract my over, by the way. They have so much money tied up. And listen, like beyond this year, their cap their cap stuff looks pretty good, besides Kevin Love. And I guess Larry Nance's contract look does not look great. Um, <laughs> but they're they're they'll, they'll, they'll be clearing a lot of money between between Tristan and Brandon Knight and Clarkson and Henson and Delvadova. So that there's some future stuff there, but for right now, they just don't have very many good basketball players on this team. Is that I <laughs> If you take Kevin Love, if you swap Kevin Love for like a league average power forward, way under. Which which roster's worse, them or the Hornets? If you swap Kevin Love for a league average power forward, yeah, if, I re- yeah, I, I'll, I'll take the Hornets. Like let's let's say, let's pretend Marvin Williams on both teams. I will take. I, I if if that's the case, I think I think the Hornets are better than the Cavs. Okay. If only, if only because the Cavs are going to be are going to be really, really heavily reliant on Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, and that is not good. Rookie, basically rookie Yeah. Uh, I, I, honestly, I retract, my, my I thoughts on Terry my... Rozier are well documented, but Rozier is better than those guys are. I will retract my my overlean. <laughs> uh, the I, more I, I think about, the more I think about it, there's a high likelihood Kevin Love is traded by the deadline. And if they don't have Kevin Love on this team post deadline, they might win three games. It's definitely in the running for worst roster in the league, alongside Charlotte and maybe a couple others that we get to. Washington Sands Beal um, is Sands Beal very is, high up there. Uh, we'll, we'll get there momentarily, but yeah, Cleveland. Uh, okay, so I retract. I retract my lean. Stay away. Uh, stay away. Stay away. Stay away. Stay away. Run away from the Cavaliers because it's not worth. <laughs> it's not worth. <laughs> Laying minus one twenty five to take under twenty four and a half. No, that's again. That's not fun. Do you want to watch this basketball team? No, you don't. Don't bet on them. That's not fun. All right, let's get to Detroit. Yeah. Uh, I have a take finally, on Detroit. Finally, a team that I actually want to give out a winner. I have a take as well. Um, Thirty seven oh. and a half is the number for Detroit. They won forty one last year. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of games from Blake Griffin. That's that's the one caveat is that Blake played seventy five games and he does not always super durable. But in the offseason... They got better, I think. They added Derek. They added Derek Rose. They added Markeith Morris, uh, Tony Snell, Christian Wood, Sekou Demboya, who probably won't be great early on. Not gonna be great, but they they only lost Ish Smith, uh, Wayne Ellington, Glenn Robinson the third. Um, and wait, and, and, and Ellington wasn't very good for them. Uh, no. He did not so, shoot nearly as well as he did in Miami. 
just the in and the out. Like I'm not a I'm not a huge Derrick Rose. Still not, there. Not, not a huge Derrick Rose fan, but he was pretty decent last year on the court. He, will, he I mean, he was. And he's a competent backup point guard. Yeah, I mean, and Kennard, you mentioned uh, more from him. You would imagine a step forward in year give, uh, year three. Give me all, give me all the Luke Kennard stock. I like Luke Kennard, and I always have. Um, so you know, thirty-seven and a half after winning forty-one last year. There, I mean, I don't see how this team about four. I'm kind of confused by the number. Honestly. I don't see how this team about. I mean, you, you. The thing is, is Blake supposed to be back by training camp? That's the only, that's the only reason that number could possibly be low. It, like, this low is if it, is if they're just building in Blake. Blake plays sixty. Like they gotta think Blake plays like six games, which is possible. But I, I still think this, I think I take this the over. team has still. Yeah, this team has talent. Um, I like the Morris addition. I think he was kind of a little buy low guy. Like he didn't have a great last year in Washington. No, he was. Uh, but like nobody had a good last year in Washington because Washington sucked and that was a disaster. But like he's a guy that can space the floor if he gets that jump shot back a little bit. Um, I like Drummond still. Like he's still just a walking rebound machine. They're also well coached. Uh, like Dwayne Casey, Casey is good at his they, job. They, they're going to play hard. Like they're all in on getting to the playoffs. They have to be, and they have. So like again, this team is going to try. I, I think this number is low. I think this is a forty-one team again. I, I this is this is so far my strongest thought on the East is uh, pretty heavy on the on the over thirty-seven and a half for Detroit. Yeah, I I agree. The only thing that scares me is Blake's health. Blake, but if Blake, if, yeah. you, if you just told me six, if you told me sixty, I'd still take the over. So I have still to say it. over. Um, I, I guess the other thing that would scare you would be the point guard spot. Um, if Reggie Jackson is always a wild card, and if if, if Rose regresses a little bit, that yeah. combination could be rough. Sure. Sure. But I still I still lean over on I, the Pistons. I, I, I so. just, and like in the East, like I, I still think they're they're gonna be right there in that seven eight nine hunt. Um. But yeah, so far that is my number one play. But we're about to get to a better play. Yeah, my next one uh, is also I think as strong or stronger. We got the same one. Indiana forty-seven and a half is the number. They won forty-eight games last year. Um, I'm going to read this with no no inflection at all. We're just going to let people decide for themselves. They added Malcolm Brogdon, T.J. Warren, Jeremy Lamb, and Gogo Batazzi. They lost. Uh, Bogdanovich, Darren Collison, Thad Young, Tyreek Evans, Corey Joseph, Wes Matthews, and Kyle O'Quinn. Um, is this team better right now than they were last year? No. I think no. absolutely not. Um, just because I think and people... that's not even factoring in likely regression. Yeah, I mean, Ma- Malcolm Brogdon is the is the biggest name and probably is the best player. Uh, I think him and Bogdan are close to each other, at least. Um, the, but even if you call that a wash, which I think it's probably fair... Um, you're trading Thad Young, Darren Collison, Tyreek, Corey Joseph, and Wes Matthews for TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb. Um, I think I like the the guys leaving more than the guys coming. And then Victor Oladipo is still recovering from injury. We he's don't not know gonna... when he's going to be back. We don't know exactly how good he's going to be when he's back. I mean, last uh, year, just for, for reference here. Their, they played out of their heads without Oladipo last year. Yeah, they, they were 25-11 and 11 with Oladipo in the lineup, which is like almost 61 pace. They were scalding with him in the lineup before he got hurt. They were 500 without him, and that is overachieving. Because if you took him I, off this team, they're worse than that, I think. Well, I mean, the year before, they were like 0-8 without him. Yeah, I mean, and listen, I, I like Sabonis. I like Miles Turner. Um, well, they they're the best team I like. I like Michael Brogdon, is who two, is a great kind of prospect. Right, those two cannot play together, though, and we know this. So they're only going to play 28 minutes a game again each so two of your best players can only play 
sub 30 minutes. Here's the thing about Indiana for me. At the end of the day, I mean, you have Oladipo's Davis, injury. David Miller's done a phenomenal job. He has. I mean, Oladipo's injury is a, is a big thing for them. But here is the other. Here are the wings for the Pacers this season. If you if you if you're not factoring an Oladipo for now, they have T.J. Warren, they have Jeremy Lamb, they have Doug McDermott, they have Justin Holiday, and then they have uh, Edmund Sumner. That's okay. probably the next wing. They don't have a. They don't That's have a real wings. life person that plays in the NBA. I mean, they have. I like their bigs, obviously, with Turner and uh, Sabonis, and I like Goga, even as a rookie, probably might be decent. Um, TJ Leap's not very good. Um, sure isn't. All respect. But listen, I mean, the, the guys, the guys from the two through the, the the twos and threes on this roster in a non Old Depot world are just kind of brutal. And I just forty seven and a half is a lot of wins. Like, is, are they, is this a playoff team? If Old Depot yes. comes back midseason, I think yes. But 48 wins to get the over, I I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, I just don't. Hefty under here. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, I, I can't get past Turner's bonus not being able to play together, which cuts down the minutes that they're able to play those two. Um, and those are two of your four best players. Um, I mean, they're, they're your two, but they're, they're probably your two best players without Oladipo. I guess Brogdon would be right there. But, yeah, Brogdon's um, right there. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm including Oladipo. Yeah. Before. But yeah, I mean, so you've got that. You've got the the old depot things, you know, kind of hanging over you. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be as good without old depot. I have a take uh, right now that just came to me. If you told me old depot played seventy games, I might have the under still. And he isn't going to play seventy games. By the way, that's not going to happen. No chance. Um, I mean, he might not come back till January. I wouldn't be as confident in it by any means, but. I'm not sure this is a 51 team with Oladipo. So no, they, they've been kind of overachievers. Um, there's and look, there's still opportunity to overachieve in the East, given that there's the gap that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, there, there are wins to be had. There are wins yeah. to be had. So the same thing we kind of talked about with uh, with Boston, but I, I feel like this is just this is a team that that maybe played over their heads a bit last year, and it's it's going to be a struggle without Oladipo, and, and I don't think they're going to have uh, the firepower to, to get it done and, and, and really be up there at the top of the East again. I think this is a four to six seed in the East, and that's not 48 wins this year. It, it is not. Uh, we are in lockstep there. My favorite bet so far is Indiana. Under. I think it's my favorite bet in the entire Eastern Conference, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, oh. We'll leave that there for now. Miami. Oh, no, I got, I got one more. Okay, go. Fire. No, 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 I got, I got one. Oh, one more take. Oh, yeah, I, I know where yeah. you're going. Uh, <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Uh, Miami, now. Miami is 42 and a half. This is kind of a weird one. Miami was 42 and a half. They won 39 last year. They add Jimmy Butler, who obviously is good, uh, but they That's lost cool. Josh Richardson, who is also good, and cool. uh, didn't do much else. They lost Myers. Sorry, they added Myers Leonard, and they lost Swap. Whiteside and Wade. Yeah. Uh, and Tyler Hero's there. I should I should say the rookie uh, summer league Kentucky. legend. Um, the bit honestly the big thing for me that I wrote down with Miami uh, is uh, is obviously health for Butler is a big thing. But number two is it's Goran Dragic for me. If, if he's if he's healthy, it's probably an over, um, slightly at least. But he hasn't been super healthy. Played thirty six games last year, um, yep. and if he's not around, it's definitely under. I, I just don't know. Like it's a tough backcourt situation without him. It's really um, hard to rely on the health of Butler and Dragic combined for me. 
this is if those guys are both healthy, away. then yes. But yeah, yeah this is I think just it's a stay away. away. I mean, like if you if you're looking at it and saying like, what's the value based on the numbers that Bet Online has? Getting plus one hundred five on the under. If you had, if you just were dead set on betting something on the Heat, that's where I would lean. Um, Cause what, one, because one one injury value. gets you there, basically. One injury, what, yeah. For even if it's yeah. like a twenty game injury for either Dragic or Butler, and I would like the that under. Gets him. That gets him. So yeah, yeah I, I just it's it's a weird roster. It's a weird team. It's been a weird roster and a weird team for years. They just now have uh, a star level talent in Jimmy Butler, but I mean, we've seen Jimmy Butler on more talented teams. Obviously, you know, the Minnesota team, I think on its whole was more talented and, you know, I mean, they, they weren't much better than, you know, the mid forties and they had Carl Anthony Towns on that team. Um, and, and I think just overall a better roster. So, I don't think Jimmy's a guy that that is suddenly taking your team all that many games above. I agree. If you can promise me everybody plays seventy five games on this team, it's an over. But I think that's less likely to happen than the opposite. But again, this is just a stay away. Here's the thing: like you're going, it's not like you're just adding Butler. Butler for uh, last year, Richardson was their best player. So yeah. they're not just taking Butler and adding him. Sure. Like right. obviously he is he is better than Richardson, but the gap yeah. there is not as big as people think it is. No, um, no, no. So um, I'm uh, I'm with you on all of that. I think Bam Adebayo gives them some ceiling if he suddenly has a huge jump. That's one thing to always monitor yeah. with them. But uh, I'm with you. I would lean under, but I would stay away from Miami if at all possible. Uh, and it, and it is possible. <laughs> just just don't do it. Sure. Um, all right, Milwaukee, the returning one seed, who after winning 60 games last year, um, sneaky turnover actually. They lost Brogdon, they lost Miritich, although he only played 14 games, so not a huge loss there. They lost Tony Snell, and then they added Robin Lopez, Wes Matthews, and uh, old friend of the program Kyle Korver. That's house. You know they won 60 last year, and it was not a fluke. They had 60, 61 win point point differential, so they were actually that good. But they had a lot of uh, health last year. Their top four guys. Giannis, Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, and Brooke Lopez all played 77 games or more, which is, yeah. uh, I, I won't say lucky, but it's certainly uh, some positive health lot. stuff there. So, yeah. I mean, the number is 56 and a half for a reason, uh, because you just can't predict 60 for most teams. They're capable of that. We've already seen it, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking this is a pretty good number. Yeah, um, especially with that minus 120 on the over. Like, if you made me pick it, I would lean over um, just because they're just going to be able to just beat the hell out of the rest of the East outside of Philly. Like, they should. And and you talk about this isn't a team that's going to load management much. You know, Giannis plays a ton. Giannis wants to play a ton. He plays lots of minutes. But they, I mean, well, actually, he doesn't play. They did a really good job last year managing minutes, and that's kind of how they it's do Bud. it. It's Bud. It's, it's Bud. what Bud does. He plays everybody 30 minutes, like eight guys. Um, so they've got depth. They're good. Losing Brogdon is big, but I, I, that's a bigger thing for me in the playoffs than in, in the regular season. The regular season, Eric Bledsoe has been actually really good for Milwaukee. He's and just they do have a uh, full a season of George Hill this time as well. Like George Hill oh, came yeah. over midseason last year yeah. and was uh, sort of better later on now that he's a, he's around sure. to sort of take George some of that. George Hill on a good team is good. 
Yeah, he's he, he like, George Hill on a bad team is terrible. Like he, <laughs> we, you talk about you talk about basically what I said about Marvin Williams, where like he can augment a good team and make them better, but does nothing to help a bad team as far as like winning more games. That's George Hill as a point guard. Like he is a guy that if you have a good team, you have good guys around him. He can do the things. He he's a good three point shooter as a spot up guy. If you have a secondary creator like Giannis. Um, He's a guy that, that can run an offense when, when guys are off the floor. He can do all this, but like they're not asking George Hill to do too much. Um, and when he's in a situation like that, like he was in when he was in Utah and Indiana, like he can be good. When he's in a situation like Sacramento and Cleveland, he's not, and, and you're, you're asking too much of him, and he also doesn't seem to care when he's on a bad team. Um, but when he's putting in that effort, he's a, he's a solid defender, um, a good knockdown three-point shooter and just a solid point guard. You know, losing losing Brogdon, I think, again, it's going to be a bigger thing in the playoffs than, than anything. That's going to be where my question is for Eric Bledsoe. I, I lean over on this, but again, like, you, you're, you're kind of, like you said, I'm glad you mentioned the health from last year because we didn't see this team go through much in the way of adversity. Um, and, and it'll be kind of interesting to see if that happens this year, if somebody has to sit you know, 15 games, 20 games, uh, how, how they bounce back from that. But projecting health, this, this, this is an, an over, and they don't have guys that have significant, other than Bledsoe, uh, significant histories of health issues. Yeah, it's a stay away from me at this number, but that's, you know, it's one of those things where it's appropriate. I think Milwaukee Agreed. 160 again, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. but uh, I'll leave that one alone for now. Uh, the next one's really interesting. Uh, it's an, It's the Knicks. The Knicks are at 26 and a half, which seems harmless, but they won 17 last year. They were awful. Um, and this is a very exceptionally weird roster. Uh, they signed a ton of veterans, none of which All are awful, words. but they, uh, yeah, I mean, Julius, Julius <laughs> Randle, Bobby Portis, well, like- uh, Marcus Morris, Taj Gibson. All four of those guys play the same position. Um, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, and Wayne Ellington, those seven guys, all veterans, all signed. Um, they also drafted R.J. Barrett, who's going to be a big part of the team. Uh, they lost some interesting pieces. They lost um, Noah Vonley, Emmanuel Moutier, Marozonia, Dudley Jordan, and Lance Thomas. Um, they have some exceptionally weird people on the roster still that people have just forgotten, like Frank Nolakina is still there. Dennis Smith is still there. Um, I mean, Kevin Knox has not been forgotten, but he was – the worst player in the league probably last year. He was absolutely terrible. So um, they have a lot of guys um, that are, you know, solid NBA players that they signed. All those guys they signed are solid rotation players, but they're all duplicative. Like, yeah. And then you factor in that I'm sure RJ is going to play a big role. He's going to be bad. Yeah. He's not going to be good as a rookie. I'd be stunned if he was. So, I mean, the only guy I would say that they signed after giving them their respect of saying that those guys are all rotation players, the only guy that's above that is probably Randall. And even then, Randall was kind he's of a weird defender. fit. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's someone who's going to put up some nice box score numbers, but isn't going to probably help you win all that much. Oh, yeah, he's so, a 20 and 10 machine. I mean, 26 and a half, I don't know, man. It seems right, but there's so many guys on this team that I, 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 you got to tell me who's going to play. And, and I'm not I, would, really sure. I, I mean, like, I would lean under. I mean, it's the Knicks, so yes. But, I, lean, I mean, I think this number is probably inflated because of Knicks fans. I think 
Especially because under is plus 105. Again, Robbie likes candy. Always. Okay. I always seek it out. I, I would, I, I lean under, I wouldn't hate playing the under. Again, like, Randall's good, but like, in like a sometimes empty production way. Yes. Like, that's kind of a mean thing to say, but also kind of true. Um, they can't play a lot of their guys together. And if they do, it's going to be a disaster on one end or the other. Uh, most likely on the defensive end, they're going to be really bad. Uh, RJ Barrett's probably going to lead this team in shots, and he is highly inefficient. As we saw in Summer League, he's going to have trouble. He doesn't have a ton of burst. My favorite word. I'm looking uh, forward to a, uh, a team that is deploying Dennis Smith uh, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle together. And Kevin Knox. That's three. Oh, God, and Kevin Knox. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm See, not. Under. Okay, Knox you know what? Under. under. Let's under. go. Let's ride. Let's just let's uh, leave it there. Under uh, under, 20, and leave it there. 20, 23 wins for your New York Knickerbockers. Yeah, good Lord. I'm out. I'm out on the Knicks. Out, under. See, this is, this, is, this, is, this was the conversation that I needed to have earlier um, about the Cavs. Just the roster it's not, itself. It's just, it's not, it's just sometimes you just gotta read the roster. Under, for really, sure. really cemented. Under, under. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's go to the Magic. Your favorite team, let's, the Orlando Magic. Uh, they won. They they won forty two games last year. Sure did. And to argue um, against the position that you're about to take, I'm sure, um, they actually got better in the offseason on paper. They added Al Camino and they added Chumo, Chumo Kiki, who probably won't be great as a rookie, but Amino's a real player. And they, sure? didn't, and they really didn't lose anything at all. Um, Brad, Brad, what position does Al Camino play? The same position as everybody else on this <laughs> roster. They, they, All of their best players, aside from Evan Fournier, all of their best players are fours and fives. They just sucked last year, too. Yeah, he I mean, bad. Here, here's the thing. He was the only bad guy on the team last year. Their, like, their perimeter... Guys, the only one that didn't have a career year was Evan Fournier. This is what it comes down to for me, and I'm going to let you go off after this. Um, what it comes down to for me is that the only guys on the perimeter that this team has right now are Evan Fournier, DJ Augustine, Michael Carter-Williams, and Terrence Ross is like a three. A- everybody else that has any consequence on this team is a four or a five. Every, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding about that. Everyone else, Vucevic, Gordon, um, Aminu, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Chumo Kiki, did, Kim did, Birch. Who did small forward Jonathan Isaac? Oh God. Brad. Uh, so <laughs> unless you unless you unless you think Markel Fultz and listen, I, I was a big Markel Fultz fan. Um, we just don't know, and that's where my position always is now. We just have no idea about Markel Fultz anymore. Um, unless you believe that he's going to give them something. Zero. It's the same problem that they've had for a while, and last year it didn't matter because everybody, as you referenced, had great years, but. Yeah. I cannot pick a team with this backcourt to win more than they lose. And at 41 and a half, that's win more than they lose. Just my favorite bet on the board. The under. I know I gave it out last year. I'm not scared of it. This number is even better. I think I gave it out like 30 wins last year. It was very low last year. And listen, they, they, low. Made, they made us look bad. They played well. They made us they look did. real bad. They played fantastic. Everybody had a career year. That is, I don't think it's going to happen again. I just don't. Um, Terrence Ross was out of his mind contract year. Vucevic out of his mind contract year, and Vucevic is legitimately like a really good player. He's good. Like yes. he's re- he's he's a really good player. Um, 
But like, it's this this roster still makes zero sense. Steve Clifford worked absolute magic, but I refuse to believe DJ Augustine is going to be as good again. I just can't believe it. Now again, Fournier should be better than he was last year because he was bad. But this bench is atrocious. Uh, any team that has to play Marco Carter Williams legitimate rotation minutes, I don't like. I mean, I cannot get over it. They don't have they don't have anybody else. If Folds yeah. can't play, they don't have anybody else. It's only Carter no Williams. They have no one. Like, I'm not even talking about the, the prospect of somebody like being out for 20 games in the backcourt. No, they just don't have anybody be an else. Absolute disaster. But like, even playing, everybody is perfectly healthy. They still don't have enough depth to do anything, in my estimation. The same as last year. I know the East isn't great. I think they're the biggest. I think they're a bigger regression candidate than the Pacers. I wish I could bet. Here's something. Here's here's a take for you. I wish there was a a head-to-head bet win total Hawks versus Magic. Oh, oh, like plus three hundred for because Orlando would be a pretty big favorite, and I would and I would have Atlanta. Now, if it was if it was one v one with no odds, I guess I would take Orlando, but yeah, not probably, not with much confidence. Not with a lot, but if you were giving me like. 250, 300 with the Hawks. And, it, and, that's, and that's, what, that's what it would have to be, and I would love to take the Hawks in that situation. Love I really wish I really wish Bulls. some book would do that. I really wish Bulls. some book would do that. Yeah. I mean, I think if, I think if, if you posted oh, Bulls an alternate... Versus Ma- Bulls versus Magic, I would, I would maybe take the Bulls money line. And, and, and alter, and give me the alternate over-under of like 36.5 on Orlando, and I still go under. So... That's where I am with them. I'm not a buyer. I'm sure Chris and, Barnwell will listen to this and be bad at us, but I, I don't. No, care. no, no. Bar, Bar, Barnwell's out too. Good. That's how. I, that's how I feel good. As he should he's be. Like, they, he's they like, should be. He's out. like. He's like. Everybody played out of their minds last year. Everybody's way too high on this team. Sell. So yeah. even when like the I magic mean, people are telling me sell, that's when I feel really good. When your They're entire perimeter year. rotation is DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, Markel Fultz, and Michael Carter Williams, that, that can't be a thing. Terrence Ross because they play him there. I guess, but yeah, I mean, you just, no, you, I'm out, no, I'm out, I'm out, moving on, strong under on the magic, strong, strong, like just the mortgage, <laughs> not quite the mortgage, what's not, what's not, what's not, what's not, what's not endorse that behavior, but, uh, all right, fine. A lot, uh, what, whatever oh, your did, maximum allowed, uh, wager yeah. is, yeah, we didn't do this at the top, but again, uh, only, only, only ever bet money you're willing to lose, there you go, thank you for never, doing that, never, never, never bet money that you need. Here's a so that's uh, how that's how that's how problems happen. Yeah, don't do that. Spi- that's when Please the spiral. That. That's when the spiral comes. I've yes. been there. Uh, I've been there when I was when I was when I didn't have any money, and I would go to Vegas, and I'd be like, man, I I can't lose all this. That's not a good place to be. Don't go. Don't bet it. Yeah, just, just don't, don't. Just don't do it. Walk away. You're not in the place to do it. Just enjoy it. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's go to Philly, who is uh, much better than Orlando. Uh, 50, 51 last year. This year, the number is 54 and a half. Oof. Granted, last year was a sort of a weird combination because they had Butler for part of the season. They had Harris for part of the season. Um, and Bede played 64 games, which is probably a reasonable assumption. Probably about, probably about where you want. But uh, they lose Butler. They, lo- they lose Redick, um, which is a big loss. Big, they lose big. TJ McConnell. They lose Boban. But they add Al Horford. Richardson, um, Josh yeah. Richardson from Miami. They had Howell Neto, my godson Trey Burke, Kyle O'Quinn, and Matisse Tybel, who I like. Um, Love and by Mason the way, Tybel. here's a sneaky ad for them. How about Zaire Smith, who didn't really do anything for them last hey, year, now. but was a first-round pick two years ago and uh, might help them, I think. So that's someone who they're not technically adding, but they're kind mm-hmm. of adding. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, 54 and a half is a lot of wins for a team that has a lot of overhaul, and that makes me want to take the under just on its face, but I just really like them now. So, I could be talked to either side, frankly. I lean over. I lean over. I think they're the team that's going to step into the void at the top of the East behind the Bucks and very clearly be the number two team, if not challenging the Bucks for the top seed. I think they want the top seed as well. Um, because one, the Bucks have been a nightmare to play at home. You don't want to play the Bucks at home. And then two, like it's always nice to have home court, especially when you're a younger playoff team um, that's looking to break through the top. It's always nice when you, you have the home court. So I think they're going to play for home court. I think they're going to have a chance at it. I think of all the teams at the top for, that has the best chance to kind of eat up some of those wins in the vacuum at the top of the East, uh, I think it's them. I think they have a really good shot at being in that 60-ish win tier with with the Bucks, uh, and then everybody else kind of being in the, in the high 40s, maybe somebody finding their way to low fifties, but I think there's going to be a sizable gap uh, between the top two. I just, I understand the questions about shooting on this roster, but we know what Horford can do as, as kind of stepping out and hitting threes. Um, They're going to be just a nightmare to go against like as a defense. They're going to be filthy. Um, Yeah, they really are with Horford. They're going to be able to. I, I think Embiid might play more than sixty-four games this year, um, if healthy. Like, I mean, they last year, you know, they they load management him. I, I think they're just going to bring minutes down. If I if I be knew able to stagger him and Embiid a little, uh, Horford and Embiid uh, a little more, and, and they're just going to be not fun to play. No, they're not. I mean, if if I knew Embiid was going to play the same amount of games or more, I would take the over here as well. Um, you know, there's some. Resistance there with Embiid's health always for me is a little bit of fear. Um, I don't really worry about the shooting so much as the like creation offensively. Um, sure. They, I mean, they have guys like like Horford oh, Richardson who can who, who can shoot it a little bit and B can shoot it a little bit. It's just the creation thing for me with Simmons. If, if you can stop Simmons, who else gets you a bucket? Like with off off, off the dribble on this team, there really isn't yeah. very many guys that can do it. So yeah. that's kind of the worry, but that's more of a playoff problem. Yeah, again, that's I agree. I think I think I'll have more questions. It's it's really the same with the Bucks. Like I I have my question with the Bucks is is can they? What's the point guard situation look like in in the playoffs? Again with the Sixers, what's the shooting look like in the playoffs and and the creation? Um, so I'm, I'm with you there, and that's gonna be a really fascinating matchup if we get in the conference finals. Two teams with with actual flaws at the top of the conference. Yeah, that'll be fun. Actually, uh, I, I would really enjoy that. But but I, I lean over. I think I think they can they can pretty easily get fifty six, fifty seven wins here. You know, it's not not a not a stone cold lock. But there are some projection models that think they're better than the Bucks and should be much higher than this. Uh, I know five thirty eight way high on the Sixers. Listen, if you um, if you have, if you have which, Al Horford, um, which happens if when you have sell, Al Horford, sell me, sell me. That's well, fine. that's the other thing. Is Al Horford like the 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 computers love Al? Uh, why as they? everybody should, as everybody should. I was going to say, mean, look, why wouldn't look, in, look into those eyes and, and, and try to resist. <laughs> all right. On that note, we'll move on. That's fantastic. Um, all right. Two more teams to go. Toronto, <laughs> the, the reigning champs, uh, 45 and a half. And it's because they lose Kawhi Leonard, obviously. And then Danny Green, they didn't add much. Um, the guys that they added are not impressive um, on paper. It's Stanley Johnson. It's Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. It's Matt Thomas. 
uh, who apparently Raptors people already love, but it's kind of a funny uh, thing. Um, and campaign, your son, and uh, Devin Robinson. So not a lot going on there, but they do they do return a lot of quality veterans. I think they're kind of getting slept on in some ways because they still have Lowry, they have Van Vliet, they have Ananobi, they have Norm Powell, they have Marcus Sol, they have Serge Ibaka, and of course Pascal Siakam, uh, number one option Pascal Siakam returning for uh, Toronto. See, see, that's see, the thing. I have, I have I have my concerns about number one option Pascal Siakam. Not it's that him not and Lowry, uh, one and not two in some order. Not that he he can't be good. Uh, but this is going to be a very different role he's stepping into. Um, go-to guy? Go-to guy. Go-to guy that everybody knows is the go-to guy, so the def- defenses are going to be keyed on him pretty pretty heavily. This is still, this is still a good team. Um, I would – you talk about matchups that I would take. I would take if – you, if you gave me uh, the Raptors like plus one – 10 versus the Pacers, I would take the Raptors. Um, if you could, if you were matching up imaginary win totals here. I also uh, would love that. Uh, some book come up with this, so Brad and I can try and make mine. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, they're an interesting team. You mentioned, I mean, it's the same veteran core. I, I, I think 45 and a half is kind of right. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they won 47 games. Um, if everybody's healthy, if they just, you know, if Gasol's healthy and Abaka is the same guy as last year, Lowry's healthy, um, and then Siakam. But, but I do have questions about kind of where the ceiling for this team is. Um, because as you, as you mentioned, they didn't add anything really that's going to help them, uh, especially offensively. Stanley Johnson can't shoot. Rondé Hollis Jefferson so bad. Famous. Rondé famous, like, is one of the worst shooters in the I kind of like both of them, I think, like compared to the consensus. But they're my, they're my large frame sons. But offensively, like, man, like no, it's not going to work. God, awful offensively. I mean, Matt, Matt, Tom, all joking aside, I think Matt Thomas is supposed to be able to help them offensively. I don't know anything about Matt Thomas, but what, what I've read is, he the, is that is he's, the, like, he's a shooter. shooter. Yeah, he's, he's a shooter. Like the, the shooter. Yeah, yeah, they got him, they got him from overseas. Like he he's not going like, to be. Um, a huge part, but you know, if if you add a shooter to their, I mean, listen, they have. They have seven guys that we know can play, and I named them a minute ago. But you need more than seven you sure um, for the regular season, and I'm not sure about anybody else on the roster. So uh, I still like Toronto as a playoff team. 45 and a half, I would not bet the over on 45 and a half. Yes. I just wouldn't. So, um, and by the way, they also might sell midseason if they're not lighting the on fire. Masai should that, sell that, and probably that will. Should be, I think. I think that's the biggest thing to scare you off. One, scare you off the over, and two, just scare you off this in general. Like it. If you if there is value, I think it's on the under just because there's there's a real I'd say twenty five percent chance uh, that if they are kind of like sub five hundred or floating at five hundred, Masai answers the phone. Because why wouldn't he? I mean, you have like, all these guys who are expensive and like, generally expiring. Like it's time to go ahead and yeah, kick, I mean, like, kick all it in. Kick guys it in are expiring better than Siakam and Van Vliet, so. I mean, yeah. honestly, if if I'm being real, I think if they hadn't won the title, they would have already done that. It's just really, it's yeah. just really hard to it's roll it hard. to run it back with a with a full blown rebuild after you won a title. Like it's really it's it's hard it's hard to go full Florida Marlins on it. Well, but it's, but but as, as soon as you present the fact, like, hey guys, we're actually not we're actually not that good. Now you can, you can kind of do it. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I'm, so, I'm with you. 
I'm with you on that. I think that's the under. If you have to play it as the under, I wouldn't play it at all. Yeah, if every, if everybody plays and they play all season, they could Probably easily go. I think, uh, but yeah. but but there is there is serious serious questions about depth, which hasn't been the case on Toronto teams, and then a real a real chance for for some some sellage come yes. uh, late January. We agree there. All right, last last, but I guess maybe least. Uh, no, definitely least. Washington is at 27 and a half. They won 32 last year. They had Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is very good at basketball. Everything else is kind of a mess. They, they, they lose they lose Bobby Portis. They lose Thomas Sadoransky. They lose Jabari Parker, who's down the Hawks, of course. They, they lose Jeff Green. They lose Trevor Ariza. Uh, they added Ishmith, CJ Miles, Davis Bertans, and then uh, the Rui Hachimura Admiral Schofield combo, Woo! and then the, and then and then Isaiah Thomas, who is still in the league. Yeah, he's uh, still still kicking. So still here's good. a snapshot. Uh, it, it's been a fun Pauler game in this in the summer to argue <laughs> about who the second best player on the team is because it gets ugly after Beal. Um, here are your options for second best player. I think it's Thomas Bryant, Davis Bertans, yes. and Ish Smith are your three options for second best player on the on the Wizards. I would lean. I would lean Bryant. I think I'm lean ish, but I, I'm okay, okay with that. And I'm I'm kind of low on Thomas Bryant. But all that to say, um, if any of those guys are your second best player, you're in a bad shape. It's and rough. they are. Um, and by the way, aside from that, the other veterans, the, so the, those four guys are at least NBA rotation players. The other veterans on this team are Yon Mahimi, CJ Miles, and Isaiah Thomas, who hasn't played well enough to be in rotation minutes. in three years now, almost. It's been a while. Definitely two. two. At least two it's only years. been two since the age. It okay, feels like three because he's been on four teams. Yeah, maybe that's why. Uh, but anyway, those are your other three veterans, and then you have a bunch of young guys. I like I like some of these guys. You have Rui, uh, who I thought was overdrafted, but is at least a talented guy. You have sure. Troy Brown, who was non-existent last year, but who was a first-round pick. You have my son, Mo Wagner. Um, Isaac Bonga. You have Admiral Schofield and Justin Robinson. But as we talked about numerous times on this podcast, young guys, probably not going to be great. So, yep. this is something I will say definitively. If you took Beal off this team, it's the worst team in the league. Like, without a oh, doubt. Oh, no doubt. Without a doubt, in my mind. No now, with, with Beal, if Beal is durable like he has been recently and plays, you know, 80 games for some reason, which he might do again, I don't know why he would, but he might, um, then this team isn't isn't as bad, I don't think, as Charlotte and Cleveland are because Beal is that good. Yeah, but, I mean, he's, he's that dude, but... <sighs> This is still an awful basketball team. I feel bad for Bradley Beal because I, I, I mean, you know, John Wall's out for the year, I think. Yeah, so he's, he's he basically confirmed that was confirmed. I think, yeah. So it's uh, this is this is the roster for for this year. Uh, Twenty seven and a half. I think I have to play the under just because maybe they'll figure out that Beal shouldn't be playing every day, and because um, he's locked up now, or maybe we'll, maybe we'll be locked up now. Um, he's not yet, I suppose. But yeah, uh, there's just no there's no upside at all to playing him eighty games. Like just why, why would you do that on on this on this god awful team? Just why? Don't do that. Yeah, I mean, how many games did they get with Wall last year? Oh, I'm gonna look. Uh, not very many. I don't. I know remember. it wasn't many, but like they won 32. They won 32 last year, and that was. I mean, listen, they they were better than they are now. They were uh, better. Wall, Wall they played were 30. Wall played 32 games last year. Wall played 32 games. So they and in probably... those games, they were better, obviously. Because yeah, John they Wall were probably was decent. Just a little bit under 500 in those. Uh, when I, Wall played last season, I have it right here. Actually, they were 11 and 21. They were bad. 
I mean, they were bad, but they were worse than that. They were better uh, with him, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, 32 wins seems out of the question with this roster, in my opinion, unless Beal is just, like, just, ridiculous. I don't – I mean, like, I, I – yeah, under. Like, I, I, actually, feel, I actually I actually, I actually, feel good about the under because, like, I just don't see – they're not going to be buyers at all. Um, and they'll probably play young guys. I mean, if I was, if gonna, I was there, should. I'd be playing Rui a lot, and I think Rui's going to be bad as a rookie. Yeah. Um, Troy Brown, I'd be playing because he was the first round pick. Like you just got to see what these guys are, and the and and the players that we know are rotation guys. Thomas Bryant, Thomas Bertans, and Ish Smith are not good enough. Also, to make Thomas you win. Bryant played out of his mind last year, and he yeah, might not he's not he's not yet. as good as his numbers were last year. I mean, the guy as far uh, as like efficiency and stuff, he was great. Right. He's like the most efficient player in the league last year. And you lost some real vets. I mean, nobody that's like going to blow your blow your house down, but you have Bobby Portis, Sato. Jeff Green was like sneaky okay. Like they have guys that were okay. Yeah, I, I I think I actually I actually like the under. Now that now we've kind of talked through it more. I think I, I, think, think, I think if they treat the season like like under. they should treat it, it's the under. I you think I, mean? I think yeah, I think they're much more in the Cleveland Charlotte range. They could also shut down Bradley Beal if they were smart. If it's like, you know, early March and it's like, hey guys, we need to lose. Uh Bradley, why don't you just take the rest of the season off? Who, would, that, okay, would, here, would that surprise anybody? It wouldn't surprise no. me. Who? Uh, okay. Wizards or Knicks? Oh lord, uh, Wizards. I think because of Beal, but that's the only we reason took, why. We took, Knicks, we took Knicks under twenty six and a half. What? Here, here's the thing about the Knicks. If, if the Knicks from two to ten are like substantially better than the Wizards, they just have nobody. They just don't have Bradley Beal on the roster. Like, yeah. I, I mean, Bradley Beal is a lot, a lot, a lot better than Julius Randle. Um, yes. From two to ten, though, the Knicks have a lot more talent than the Wizards do. Agreed. Yeah, do. and and they're at twenty. Like I, I, and we, we, I think it's under there now. I mean, I, I, I certainly mean this. If, if you took if you took Beal off the roster, the, the Wizards are worse than the Cavs. Then they're worse than the Hornets. They they are they are that bad. Yeah. It's just that Beal, and honestly, you know, all, all respect to Beal, who I like a lot. He was last year might be his career year. That's in play. Like that might be the best he's ever oh, been sure. or ever will be. So sure. that's another like, thing you have to he, consider. And like the thing is, is like if you're Bradley Beal, do you want to put forth that effort every night for this team? Well, that's kind of what I mean. Like, why would they not just like treat him with kid gloves here? I mean, he you, you still play him, but like road back to backs 60, and stuff. 60, like he doesn't need sixty-six games playing. Like, I mean, playing he played. 66? Yeah, Beal play. I'm looking now. He played all 82 last year. That's insane. <laughs> don't do that. You're a terrible basketball team. Don't don't do that. Like I, I mean, I'm. It seems pretty obvious to me. But Beal playing 82 minutes and 37 minutes a game. Did he leave the league in minutes last year? I mean, it, it had to be close. Uh, overall, I bet if he played eighty-two That's and thirty-seven, what I mean. it had sure, to be overall close. minutes, he, he had to. Have been I'm, I'm looking this top. now. I'm looking at this now. Total minutes played. Yeah, he did. He led the league in total minutes last year by almost 150. Don't Straight do that again, Wizards. Field. Now I'm mad. <laughs> now I'm mad. Now I'm mad at the Wizards. Don't do that. <laughs> be better. What, a, what an insane figure that is. He played three thousand <laughs> minutes last year. What are we doing? <laughs> All right. So build, build in some regression for Bradley Beal's minutes, please. Uh, yeah, under. I'm not gonna run out and bet it on purpose, probably, but under. If you if you maybe choose under, please. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, the Wizards broke my spirit. It's 11:40 p.m. where we're talking, and that that hurt my soul a little bit. 
3,028 minutes for Bradley Beal last year. <laughs> Just insane. Why? <laughs> By the way, dating back to our Hawks conversation, the Hawks had nobody in like the top like 50 minutes last no. year. Because why would they? I bet, I bet, no. Uh, just for, for comparison's sake, Beal played 3,028 minutes. I'm going to check right now on live radio to see who played the most minutes on the Hawks last year. So that was 3,000 for Beal. Uh, I think Trey played season. the most minutes, and it was like almost exactly. It was like 30 Yeah, Trey played 2,500 minutes less. So 500-plus minutes less, and Trey was like famously durable, but he played 81 games. That That's a lot of minutes that Bradley Beal played. Free Bradley Beal. <sighs> Free Bradley Beal. It's really, it's really the message of the pod. I've actually been thinking he, that, he, that, he, that he should have signed that extension, but you know what, Bradley? Just hit just hit the market. It's fine. You'll be just okay. roll out, brother. You'll be okay. You deserve it. Uh, okay, final thoughts, Robbie? Uh, we'll get into the West at some point in the near future, but um, what are your best bets real quick from, from the East? Just run, run them down. Uh, Indiana under Orlando under Detroit over – what do we have? Knicks under Sixers over. I think I like your first three, and those would be my plays. My only like certifiable plays yeah. would be your first three, and that's Orlando under. Um, and also, also Washington under. <laughs> my 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 three Every, like actual plays are Orlando under, Indiana under, and Detroit over. That's my three. Yeah, those those three for sure. But I I, I do like the Washington under. And kind of makes sense Listen, I, I don't mind it if you can shop it around and find like a find a twenty eight or something. Like let's get, let's get for let's a get weird on it. Uh, all right, Robbie. Well, thank you for spending all the time. It's uh, seventy five minutes in, and people are I'm sure turn this off by now. But if you've not, please subscribe. God bless you to this podcast. And yes, absolutely, God bless you. Please follow Robbie and all of his uh, goings on on the Twitter and on the dime dime dot com. No dime dime mag. Dime com, mag. I should say. There you go. Um, and the podcast. Always. Shout out to the podcast. Thank you, Robbie. We'll come back for Western Conference over, over under at some point in time. And uh, we'll see everybody else later on in the week.